0: This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode 35. Welcome to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, the show where I get to interview the most successful pizza entrepreneurs and marketing experts in the business today. Sit back and listen while I ask them the questions to help you grow your business. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. This is episode number 35. I have along with me a great guest. Her name is Marla Topliff. She is the president of Rosati's Pizza. But before I get into that episode, if this is your first time here, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. This show is for you. I want to interview the most successful pizza entrepreneurs and marketing experts and pick their brains about how they're growing their business and what they're doing that's working for them. So that way we can use it in our business to help us grow as well. Um, And in those talks, I've asked each one of these, either a marketer or the most successful pizza entrepreneur that I've talked to, Give me one tip. If you were starting today or someone asked you, hey, what, what would you do over? Give me one piece of advice that you would give someone. And I've combined these into one simple form. And to get that for free, all you have to do is go over to smartpizzamarketing.com. You'll see a box on the right-hand side. Click on that box, enter your email, and you can get that in email form for free right away. So take a listen to those tips. Those are the top guys in the business giving you free advice. So head over to smartpizzamarketing.com to pick up your info. And in today's episode, I talked to Marla Toploff. She is the president of Rosati's Pizza. She is also the chairwoman of the National Restaurant Association Pizza Industry Council. And we talk about tons of stuff in this episode. Great information that Marla teaches us. And we go over lots of great stuff. So let's just get right into this episode with Marla, the president of Rosati's Pizza. Hey, Marla, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Thank you.
0: Thanks for coming on with us today and uh, talking about Rosati's Pizza. So Um, You've been with them for a little bit. Tell us how you got started in the pizza industry and maybe how you got started with Rosati's Pizza.
1: Well, I'm actually originally not from the food industry at all. I was a national sales rep for um, Welcome Wagon, which was an independent uh, greeting company. We're actually one of the best marketing companies in the country at the time. Um, I came to work for Rosati's as their marketing manager um, and actually helped to get them organized and Uh, start with them to build a brand so to speak. They were about 50 to 60 stores initially and um, although they were one name, they were not necessarily uh, I'm sorry they were one one name but not necessarily organized into one company. So as the director of marketing, I helped to create um, a marketing manual and uh, branding um, designs and worked with a Agency to get everybody doing the same thing Um, and I'm sorry about the phone that's okay (laughs) to get everybody doing the same thing and uh, Eventually, we started looking the same feeling the same and we've grown from when I started in the 90s To today from like 60 stores to a little over 200 and we're on target to open about another
0: uh, I'd say 30 more stores this year. Wow. So when you first uh, got started with Rosati's um, you said they had 60 locations, approximately, yeah. And was that just the? Is it a, How many family members were were involved in the in the original uh, business? Ten. ten. So was that them like ten different individuals opened a few different stores and yes. they were kind of like all over the place? Yeah,
1: uh, they, they were mostly in Illinois. Um, first store was opened in 1964 in Mount Prospect, Illinois, by uh, our original. The one of the original Rosati family. Uh, that was ten brothers and sisters. That worked in that store from morning to night, and uh, got the first one up and running. After that, their kids decided to join uh, in the family business, and they have started opening stores as well. Uh, We're on our fourth generation of family members
0: now. Wow! So you're the president. So you're in charge of the daily operations of the company in in a whole.
1: Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Um, We've grown since my original position. Uh, since even I became president, and now we've got a much larger staff. So we have operations people that go out on a daily basis. We have a directors of operation, a new director of marketing, uh, somebody in charge of social media, a graphic designer, um, project managers, uh, uh, architect full-time on staff. So our staff has grown quite a bit since the olden days when it was uh, Anthony Rosati and myself working out of our houses.
0: <laughs> so w- when you open new locations, what is it that you are looking for?
1: Well, we're actually looking for people who have a great sense of business, not necessarily a sense of the pizza business, just business in general. We can teach anybody how to run a how to make a pizza, how to cook our recipes, how to to run an operation to that extent, but what we want is somebody who understands the business end of it, and will be dedicated to, to doing to running the business like it was their own. Um, a lot of times, the pitfalls with franchisees are they don't are they don't have the the dedication to understand that they need to be in that store on a full time basis to watch the operations and watch what's going on. It's one of the reasons we love you know finding quality franchisees who understand how business works and knowing what they have to do to make it
0: successful. Right. And why do you think that is that someone will buy a franchise and then not be a hundred percent invested in it?
1: Um, it's an interesting question. Um, a lot of people get the wrong idea about the restaurant business in general. Sometimes people, you know, they'll go into a restaurant, they eat a great meal, they enjoy what they're doing and they, and it looks like a fun atmosphere. You know, they <laughs> think I'm, I'm going to be in a restaurant. I'm going to sit here and invite my friends. I'll be, you know, it's like hosting a party all the time. Right. Um, People don't understand that's not what the restaurant business is all about. And as a compliment to the restaurateur, they make it look easy. But it's anything but.
0: Right. So you visit your favorite restaurant and you think that it's fun and it's easy to do because they're doing a good job at it. But you don't really see behind the scenes of, you know, all the people maybe not coming to work or the inventory not showing up or the prices going up and down. There's so many aspects of the business that they don't see.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, I don't think anybody understands just how – difficult it could be to run a restaurant. I mean, there is so much that can go right, but there's also so much that could go wrong. Right. Now, if you're not vigilant and you're not there keeping an eye on what's going on on a daily basis, you're probably not getting the job done very well.
0: Speaking of that, what do you think the biggest challenge is in 2015 for anybody looking to grow their pizza business or just get into the pizza business?
1: Um, well, the commodity market is a problem right now. Um, the prices are are so erratic. Uh, Cheese keeps going up. Cheese keeps coming down. Um, Those are, you know, all of our commodities are are problematic. Uh, The problem with pork and beef, uh, as you can see, not just the Rosati's group, but everybody, or not just pizza, but all of the restaurant industry is having some difficulty because of what's happening with the markets. Uh, That's So keeping your food cost under control is difficult. The other part of it right now is minimum wage. Um, it's it's a it's an issue because if we do get into a situation where we're going to have to pay workers fifteen dollars an hour, we will have a smaller staff, and the restaurant will be much more difficult to run. Right. Uh, so you know we've always from the beginning we've always paid over minimum wage because if you've got an employee that's a good employee, last thing you want to do is lose them. Um, but I it's hard for us to justify paying a a, a Person who answers the phone, the same amount as a person who's maybe cooking your pizzas and running your business. Right. And so and, you know there should be some sort of a sliding scale, but that's an issue for for us to work through with uh, with the government. And uh, menu labeling is going to be a huge challenge. For I, I mean, it's for the independents. It won't be as bad, but at some point in time, when when the customer or guest starts seeing that we have the information about nutrition on our Menus and on our menu boards, they will probably start asking the smaller chains or the smaller independents, the moms and pops, to do the same thing. And right now, it's really, really hard to figure out even how to do it. Right. Um, with millions of combinations of pizza, it's really a tough business. Um, joint ownership for the franchisee to, um, franchisees that are out there, or franchisors that are out there, trying to you know keep the labor unions. From dictating uh, how we run our business, that's another issue that's facing us right now. So we've got a lot of interesting issues out there that that we're working on a daily basis to try to keep up with.
0: Right. I think that that's a good concept you mentioned. Is that, you know, with the the calorie counting of the pizza slices, it's hard because everybody cuts the slices different. Everybody uses different Second. toppings. It's just so much different aspects that go into it that they. How I don't know how they're gonna make people kind of fit into one mold it's not like mcdonald's where they use the same stuff over and over again
1: you you hit it right on the head uh, actually i have been going back and forth with with um the fda in washington uh and talking to them about and, and just submitted an article to them showing them that there's at least six seven different pizza crusts and styles where pizzas are cut differently at least six or seven of them so how do you put us all in one mold right you know, so it, it's it's gonna be an interesting, it's gonna be an uphill battle for us. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, they don't do with that with like the packaged good market. You know, they they can label theirs differently and per ounce as opposed to doing it per size. And again, that's there's a bit of unfairness there as well.
0: Right. Um no, I totally agree with you. That's just going to be a big challenge for us in the uh, everybody in the pizza industry coming up in the next few years. That and the minimum wage thing, I agree, is going to be yeah. you know a huge challenge. The minimum wage uh, issue is going to affect not only how you hire people but the pricing of your customers. So, you, yeah, know, sure. you know, your product that you know. I don't know what Rosati's charges for a pizza now, but you know, if you charge, say, just make it even ten dollars. You know, you have to pay someone up to fifteen dollars an hour to make a ten dollar. Pizza and deliver it. It's gonna actually, you know, that price is gonna increase it dramatically.
1: It's what, what's going to happen is you know, come, businesses like that are even if you have a franchisee who owns like two or three businesses, uh, you know, two or three different stores, they'll wind up having to let labor go and put family members in there or actually step in and do the the work themselves, so they don't have to pay as much of a salary because it's coming out of their own pockets. Um, it's very hard to keep up. Uh, business when you have to pay so much to have people doing something like washing dishes for you, right? Um, and I think where people will start feeling it is when they go to McDonald's and pay eight dollars for a McDonald's cheeseburger because minimum wage went so
0: high. Right. I think that's coming if they, if everything that they're talking about actually goes through. You're probably going to see something. Maybe maybe not eight dollars, but it'll be up there.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: So, what do you look for? What does Rosati's look for when they're hiring people? I know with the, you know the millennial market, everybody's talking about that lately. What is uh, you know the the uh, employee pool has definitely changed in what their expectations are. Not so much for monetary compensation, but just the lifestyle compensation. What do you guys look for when you're hiring people?
1: We look for people who have a great work ethic. Um, that's basically the the main thing we we want somebody who is not only gonna Come to work, but going to enjoy coming to work. Uh, and we try to make their their experience something that that they want to stay loyal to us. We look for people who are um, who are intelligent. I mean, you know, and, and most of the people we have working for us, I could say, could could take over and, and run a business on their own or or move from one station to another station seamlessly. People that are easily trained. Um, One of the big group things that we work with and I'm very much involved with is the ProStar program. I don't know if you know what that is, but the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation has a program where they teach uh, culinary classes in high schools. And those kids are trained. I don't know if you've ever seen the TV show Chopped.
0: Yes, I have seen that show. I'm, I'm not familiar with that program, but I have seen that TV show.
1: Well, these kids are trained to be to have those culinary skills, and every year they do a big competition, and it looks like a giant production of chops. Huh. But They can actually walk in. I mean, you can take freshmen, juniors, seniors, from, uh, high schoolers that can walk into my store and have the knife skills and have the cooking skills and have all of the, the, the labor and s- skills that they need to just walk in and assume any position. They're usually interns, or they're usually uh, summer help. Some of them go on to stay and, and help in the business, and some of them have gone on to be owners of the business, uh, but they're pre-trained in school. It's a class they take. Wow. That's awesome. In order for them to go on to the next step, they have to work 400 hours in a restaurant, so it's great to get them in there. We're giving them an opportunity to get to move to the next level and get their scholarships, and of course we pay them, and they're getting the experience to put on their resume and hitting that 400 hours. They Also, along with their program, they have one that does management. Uh, last year, we had an intern, or actually, he worked for us for the summer in our office, and he um, literally went through our FDD, found things that we needed to fix, and helped us work on business plans. They're very well, very well trained, and it's great to know that there's a generation of young people out there that are ready to step into this industry and are already trained.
0: That's awesome. What was, is that a national program? It is. Okay. What was, it was ProStar, Pro you said?
1: Yeah, National Restaurant Association Educational Foundations ProStar Program.
0: Okay. I'll have to look that up. That sounds like very interesting. That's for high school students. My daughter actually wants to go to cooking school when she goes to uh, college.
1: Yeah. Well, let her start in a ProStar program. She could wind up with a scholarship. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that's what sometimes what schooling, you know, you know, but everything changes so quickly nowadays that I think school is one of the things that's kind of falling behind where... They try to fit kids into this mold of being the same, doing the same, you know, fit into the mold. Whereas mm-hmm. instead of trying to figure out what that kid wants to do, you have all these kids graduating high school and they go to college just to go to college. They don't really know what they want to do. Right. I think that's a great program for kids who have aspirations to be in the restaurant industry and they know that at an early age. And it's
1: very specialized. So, you know, it's it's almost a guaranteed living when they're out of school. Right, And the you know, majority of the people in the United States started their first career or their first job somewhere in the restaurant industry.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, doing dishes or busing tables or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so this just gives you somebody that's a little more qualified when they walk in the door. Right.
0: Now, speaking of young people, social media is obviously a huge trend with them. How is Rosati's handling social media nowadays in 2015?
1: Well, we hired a social media director, uh, and her general responsibility right now is to um, keep her I mean, social media pro Program strong to uh, make sure that our stores are updated and educated on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Sky, uh, Yelp, uh, all of the mediums for Instagram, all the mediums for social media. Um, we've written a social media policy that goes out to all of our stores so they know what they can and they can't do. Uh, and we send out e-blasts, we send out uh, social media advertising. We hook them up with our POS machines and. We, uh we're we encourage we're actually encouraging social media advertising now more than we are any other type of advertising
0: Why is that you think it's just because more people are online or you just think that's the future? It's the future for sure yeah uh,
1: marriage mailers which was you know when I first started was the way to advertise um, are t- turning into a track players <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: I, um, yeah, I totally agree with you I know my kids that they're they're you know young teens that you know, they know how to use a computer or iPhone now better than I do. And I've been dealing with it for a while. And they just, they just, they growing up with that. Whereas we're, we had to learn it as we got older. They're just totally, it's the only thing that they know.
1: Oh yeah. My six year old grandson knows more about the computer than I do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so when it comes to the social media for Rosatis, how many, uh, is it one account for all of the locations or does each location have their own individual accounts?
1: It's, well, we do have one main corporate site, but, Pretty much each location has their own, and um, our social media director will work with each store individually to make sure that their social media program is up and running correctly.
0: Now, are you finding that that's a challenge? Are the franchisees able—are they, are they aware of social media? Are they already using it, and is it something that you have to really teach them from the ground up, or is it something that they have they kind of have a handle on, you just kind of want to push them in the right direction?
1: It depends on our, uh, what owners we're talking about. We have some owners that have been with us for the 50 years we've been in business, they need to be pushed. They are not understanding, you know, the older people are not understanding social media as much as some of these young guys that come in and, you know, they, they grew up with it. Right. So it really depends on the owner. For the most part, there's hardly anybody left that really doesn't understand what social media is all about. And our POS provider is very good at helping our owners keep up with their social media through rewards programs, you know, loyalty programs and Uh, Online ordering. I don't think we have a store that doesn't do online ordering now.
0: How much has, speaking of that, what POS system do you use?
1: We use uh, the Aero program, Aero POS. It's an actually, it's more of a specialty company for um, Italian restaurants like ours. Uh, And uh, it was basically built based on what we asked, what we said we wanted to have in our system.
0: Okay. And uh, you guys, online ordering is a big, is a bigger aspect than it used to be. Or how how much percentage has that increased over the last few years?
1: You really can't
0: have a business without
1: online ordering.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. It's,
1: it's not possible anymore. I mean, you know, actually, companies like Papa John's and Pizza Hut set the tone on that. I mean, Papa John's is like the king of online ordering right now, and you can't compete unless you're up there with them.
0: What, what what do you say to someone who says that, you know, they don't want to do online ordering or they don't need to do online ordering? Is it just something that that's going to be, you know, you might not need to do it now, but five years from now, you definitely will need to do it?
1: You already definitely need to do it. There, uh, it's not going to take five year years. It's it's here now. Uh, and quite honestly, we were concerned we'd have owners that were going to come to us and say, I don't know. I want to do it the old way, the way I've always done it. Right. I don't have a store owner that says that to me at all.
0: I think that when – yeah, like you said, going – that even goes back to the, the whole minimum wage increase thing. If you have online order, that's something that you can kind of cut back a little bit on staffing because you can have your customers make their own orders.
1: And I, you know what? Your, your average order goes up with online order. Right. Uh, I think people like the idea of ordering from the privacy of their home. The next big trend is going to be mobile. Mobile apps and mobile ordering, uh, and it's it, we're working right now on putting together our our mobile applications for for iPhones or actually for any kind of a smartphone.
0: Right, I think that's you, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, a mobile application a year or two ago was very expensive. A year or two from now will probably be very easy to do, just like you know, downloading any app. For, you'll have apps from many different places.
1: It's it's like anything else. I mean, technology is taking over. Um, I could honestly say being in the business as long as I have, I, there is nothing new as far as advertising goes in the pizza market. It's the the way that it's being delivered that changes. Right. So, you know, you know, sending out door hangers or putting up door hangers or sending out box toppers or marriage mailers, we're basically still doing that. But we're doing it digitally now.
0: Right. I always tell people that you don't use Facebook because you want to use Facebook. You use Facebook because your customers are on Facebook and they want to use Facebook.
1: Anybody who doesn't change with the technology won't survive. You're right. So, you know, we're a 50 year old company. If we stayed doing business the way we started out doing business 50 years ago, we wouldn't be here anymore. We had to evolve with the industry. And as I said, to me, the marketing, it hasn't changed. The, The basic idea of the marketing, the basic um, concept of the marketing is the same, which changes the delivery method.
0: Good point. Um, when it comes to online ordering, is that something you're pushing through email, or how are you how are you gathering email addresses, and how are you marketing those email addresses once you do have them?
1: Well, for everybody who orders online, obviously, we capture their email address. Uh, we have uh, specials that are through rewards programs or through box stoppers, which is an old delivery method, uh, asking people to sign up for the programs, and really It's a lot about asking. You know, you have to make sure and drill it into your employees that they need to ask for an email address every time they talk to a customer. After we get those email addresses, we'll do campaigns that are directed towards uh, the customers that are responding and say that it's okay for us to send push notifications out to. Collecting information like birthdays, anniversaries, special occasions used to be a little more difficult. It's much easier now because they go to place an order or they go to sign up for an email program or what a rewards program, that information gets put in their email. Right. And then we ask, we do a refer a friend too. You know, if you send us your friend, you'll get this. If you send us two friends, you get that. So it's 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 all about the ask.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, how often are you emailing?
1: Uh, every day.
0: Oh, you send out emails every day?
1: Every day. Well, I mean, we've got to remember we're close to 200 stores. Oh, right. <laughs> so... So we're sending out, you know, some sort of an email, something every
0: day. And what is the uh, has the open rate increased or decreased or how does that how is that working out?
1: Oh, we're slowly increasing. We started our, our digital marketing program five years ago.
0: Okay. So you've been doing it for quite a while.
1: Yeah. So we're just, you know, every 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 once in a while we notice the big we'll take a big leap and then we'll maybe just go up a little. It just depends on the season and what's going on and what offers we put out there. We just celebrated our 50th anniversary. We did a big push, gave away a trip to Italy. We had a tremendous increase in, in our response at that point in time, September, we just did our dine out for no kid hungry momentum and had a big response as well. So we were, you know, getting more people to sign on and, and take notice. It depends on what promotion you're putting out there. Right. I
0: think the better the better you do a job of, uh, you know, talking about your promotion and, and the benefits to the customer, the more likely they'll be to click on that or open that email.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it, it depends on how much media you're getting. I mean, you need to have your name in front of people in as many places as you can. Right. That's- it's repetition, you know, and if they see you, and they see you again, and again, and again, they're going to recognize you, and they're going to want to see what you have to say.
0: And it's all about trial and error, too. You're not going to be perfect yet, and I'm sure that even when you guys first started, your, your first emails weren't the best emails in the world. You know, you got they to learn from not. what you do.
1: No, they were not. We <laughs> hired um, a social media um, consultant five years ago to actually help us hire our, our director and build our program, and it was the best thing we ever did. I mean, they were just, they were specialists in doing nothing but developing social media programs and was a great way for us to start. And I'm glad we started when we did because now we'd almost be behind the curve if we were trying to do that now.
0: Right. Do you suggest that individual owners do that? Maybe reach out to someone and get a little bit of training when it comes to social media or marketing in general?
1: Absolutely. And the other thing that is absolutely imperative is there needs to be a strong social media policy in place. Um, you know, there's been so many disasters like kids taking bath at, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right. And, uh, Jared Vogel, I mean, you know, there has to be a way to make sure that people understand if you're using social media and you misuse it, there's consequences and you have a legal resource. Without that, you're just, you're painting a target on yourself. Right. That was one of the very first things we did, we, we developed a very strong social media policy. It's in our franchise agreement. And all of our stores uh, are required to sign it and abide
0: by it. I agree. That's that's a huge point because you have to really be careful of who's who is going to be talking on be, your behalf.
1: That's that's exactly right. It's kind of frightening. <laughs>
0: yeah. What do you think? Wait, if you had to, uh, um, give one piece of advice for anybody looking to get into the pizza industry or grow, what, what, would, that, what would that one piece of advice be?
1: Make sure this is what you want before you start. Uh, you know, this this it's an interesting. Because when we first put together the pizzeria industry council, which has I think 15 pizza CEOs, you know, so from some of the large companies, and sat down and talked about what is it we want to get across to people who are are coming into this business, and our function is really to just uh, give advice and talk to people who want to be part of the pizza community to understand, you know, if they need help from anything from buying equipment to hiring staff to different programs, all the things we're talking about. Um, the very first thing all of us came up with is people sometimes get into this business with the wrong idea. They need to understand what it is they're getting into before they do. Once they do, then, you know, everything will fall into place for them because the passion will be there. And that's the other thing. Make sure you have the passion for, for doing this before you start. Um, there's no secret message. There's no magic bullet it's a matter of just getting into the business and working hard and getting it done. Right. You know, we're, we're 67,000 pizzerias in the United States, and all of us do the same thing. We make pizza. But one thing that we do that's different is we, we each have our own story. And how well uh, we're going to do in the success of our business will be based a lot on your story, the story you have to tell, the story behind your, your pizza. And that's what makes people want to come
0: to you. That's what makes loyal customers. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. You know, a lot of indiv- individual owners don't necessarily want to tell their story. They kind of hide behind the fact that they're just business owners. They're not. You know, your customers do want to know your story. You get out there and use social media as a way to tell your story. You know, that's what we are as, as marketers, you're storytellers. You tell stories. You know, if you're a pizza owner, your job isn't just to make pizza. It's to tell your pizza story to your customers so they know who you are and what you do.
1: That's true. You need to build an evangelist. You need to build somebody who's going to sit down somewhere at a bar somewhere talking to his friend and say, I only want to go to Rosati's Pizza because it's my favorite and I like it because they've been in business for 50 years and they know my story as well as I do. Right. And now I've got a loyal customer who's passing my message on to someone else. And that's what's going to make the difference in the marketplace. Any way you look at it, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. And I mean, word of mouth advertising is the best advertising you can't do that without a good tale to tell.
0: right i totally agree with you what is uh so where can anybody get a hold of you uh, Marla or check out your website or that national association of pizza industry where do they do they have a website they do
1: so the um
0: give it I all have, your websites all your websites
1: my website is myrosatis.com. dot okay. very simple w w
0: dot how do you spell rosatis just for anybody out there who doesn't know how to spell that
1: my uh, is r o s a-T-I apostrophe S, Rosati's Pizza. Okay.
0: For all the horrible spellers like myself.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I'm i one of those. <laughs> um, thank God for spell check.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Um, if, we're, if you want information on the ProStar program, you could go to the National Restaurant Association website and look at the Educational Foundation. And really, if you have any questions about anything in the restaurant industry, including the pizzeria uh, community, National Restaurant Association is probably your key source to look for anything that you could possibly want. Um, They have information on on anything that you could possibly want to know regarding the restaurant business.
0: Excellent. I will link to all that in the show notes for this episode. Marla, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your day. I know you're busy to uh, join us and uh, had some great information. I enjoyed the talk.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for asking me. I feel very honored.
0: All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. I want to give a special thanks to Marla. Go check out her websites. This is episode number 35. So just go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash 35. You can see all the show notes. Head over to Rosati, see what they're doing. Uh, check out Marla on LinkedIn. Tell her you said hi. You, saw her from, uh, you heard her on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. And if you could give us a review on iTunes, that would be great. If you're listening to this on iTunes right now, just hit the logo on the front. You'll see the window pop up, and it'll just one click. You can give us right over to the reviews. Leave us a review. That would be great. Help us grow the show. Um, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash thirty five for all the information in this side, this episode. Um, all the links to Marlis' sites, all the links to us on Facebook, and me on Twitter. And if you have a question, you can shoot it to me at bruce at com. I'd love to hear from you. Gotten some great questions so far. Love answering those. So keep them coming. All right, that's going to do it. And we'll see you on the next episode.